Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. You're now listening to MIA Radio. Who put this thing together? DJ Kev, DJ Zaya. That's who. Let me holler at my real Miami motherfuckers. Wait, 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 wait. This that Zaya Cash shit, though. Yeah. yeah. Lo mejor en Miami, bro. You already know. They're going to yeah. shut down the city with this shit right here. Zaya Cash, best in the city, bruh. Bruh. But it's going to be a podcast? Am I everything? I'm still lost. I me too. I don't know Yo, what's going on. Yo, I still want to listen to it, though. It's Zaya Cash, bro. Oh, shit. I'm down. 305 Miami shit. Yo, 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 it's MIA Radio. Yes, yes. We're back. Another episode, 94. And this time we got a special guest in the studio today. The legend behind the scenes, like, I don't know what's puppeteer or, or I don't know what's a good word. <laughs> I don't know that's a good word. I'm not a puppeteer, but uh, <laughs> or, 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 or or Maestro. 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 There we go. That's the word, the maestro. <laughs> The uh, brains behind a lot of operations, yes. not just one, which we'll get into now, but we Cesar have Cesar Morales. In the building from, from, I mean, what, why don't you kind of yeah. introduce yourself, your your official title or your unofficial official I've, title? I've struggled with my title. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, uh, but I've struggled with my title because I don't, I'm not sure what to call it. Uh, I wear many hats, that's for sure. But yeah, I definitely like to be behind the scenes in the cut, not too much in front of the... The cameras, you know, right? That's kind of always been my my uh, my mo, if you will. It's funny. I mean, I'll I'll get into it off the rip. Like, I've met people um, that you've hired at Wood, hired. You walk in and you're like, "Hey, what's up? Whatever." Like, "Hey, let's have a drink." Like, and then you tell them who you are. I've heard that happen several times early. Or I mean, I don't. I don't really. Or, I don't really. Not that I don't like to say who I am, but I don't. I don't think that's a thing. Like, right? I mean, it's, yeah. not not like in a bad way at all. Right. I, I think it's a good thing because people are like they're even more blown away when they're like, "Oh shit!" Like, "Oh, so you're you're the boss, and you can, you've always been one of us." You know, you you've always to everybody you're like, "Yo!" Like, I think that shows in the your establishments, like how the people treat each other and like the staff and all that. Like it it goes not it goes from the top all the way to the bottom. Right. Yeah, that's some. That it, there's uh, some kind of magic there, uh, but it's it's very organic. Um, it's nothing that you sit down and plan. Hey, I'm gonna behave this way and do this this way so that I can get this kind of outcome. It's just really, you know, my businesses are an extension of who I am. Very organic, whatever that may be, and just let it flow. Um, and sometimes it it sometimes it falls into place easier than others depending on the venue depending on the concept depending on did we get it right from day one with hiring and decor and and so on and so forth but uh but it's a it's a feeling it's a, it's a, it's a feeling of 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 that of, of being yourself of yeah. letting people be them themselves and and that's where hiring comes into place you got to hire the right cast the right people to that have that yeah um, and that's that's the magic is in the staff, really. Um, the venue itself, anybody can create a venue and decorate it, light it, put some sound up, and call it a day. But it's the 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 the, the personalities, the people running it, that that really give it that special sauce. I think that's very rare, especially yeah. in Miami, where it's a lot of like the facade and the the exterior of of places where they just try to you know hype you up to get you in, or it's very like uh, how do you say. It's a face value, not in the core of of the staff of the establishment. So it's really dope to see that. I mean, sense. I kind of see it as a no brainer to be honest with you. Like a lot yeah, of the concepts, sense. a lot of the concepts. Let's say like B and D Burger when there was no burger joint in Winwood. Like, okay, let's do a burger joint. People love burgers. You right. know, pizza by the slice. Right. It's it's not really. I don't think it, there's like it's you know what i mean like i just find it almost like too easy sometimes to do something that hasn't been done yeah. and it's not you're not recreating the wheel you know i'm not saying hey let's open up a an ethiopian cocktail bar you know yeah. that, that's that's kind of out there but like a burger joint a pizza joint a, a a bar that has beer you know at the time that wood tavern got started that craft beer was just on the on the come up you mm -hmm. know that was at the time wasn't done but but in in a in a way i think the product in itself is exactly what you just said it's just the realness yeah. you know and 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 
you kind of can't showcase that in the sense that like you can't advertise that because then it becomes not real. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but you just like, do yo, you. come here. We're like really real over here. <laughs> like we're yeah, not yeah, fake. Yeah. <laughs> can't do that. But yeah, but that's, that's, you gotta keep it real. One of the t-shirts we made was keeping it real since 2011 for wood. It's actually a really dope shirt. It's actually, it was one of the least selling shirts, but anyhow, that's in. <laughs> another combo. But, um, but let us know. What was your come up? Um, you know, you on your social media at Cesar Morales, right? Yep. Um, you know, lately you've been focusing on the business side of things, on how to start a business and like the back end of things. If you want to let us like tell us about your background and how you came up and I know you started with your family, if you wanna Yeah. Um, I mean, I've literally been in uh in a business uh since like four or five years old, right before kindergarten. Um uh, my mom had a little bodega in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's still there to this day. It was uh, at the time it was a second little bodega in Atlanta. First one went out of business, so she's now the first. I mean, the the first one that still opens. It's been open for like thirty five years. Wow. Um, so before I was in school, I would hang out there. That was my daycare, and then when I started kindergarten and and whatnot, I would go there every weekend. Uh, and I was basically there every weekend uh, until fourteen, fifteen years old. Um. And it's just where I learned, I started, you know, when I was four or five, I wasn't working, but when I was eight or nine or 10, you know, moving boxes around or doing whatever. Right. Um, so I was always around food and, and, uh, and, and business, you know, watching my mom, my mom's a hustler in, in a good way and uh, very, very good, uh, very strong work ethic. So I just grew up seeing that. Yeah. Um, and it was only natural. My brother, uh, on the same property. Uh, my mom, there was like a little kitchen situation. My sister, when she was like 20 something, she took that over and made a, a Mexican taqueria. And then uh, my brother, uh, who's always been into music, he took over a little space. And at the time, like sets and CDs, CDs weren't even around yet. Um, he start, he had a little music store. Okay. So my, my, my sister had her own little thing. My brother had her own little thing. I never had my own thing. It was, I was just running my mom's thing. And um, after a while, I... I um, you know, it's only natural. I wanted to do my own thing. We butted heads creatively back then. I mean, uh, she's old school. So me being, you know, having being young and full of fire, wanted to, you know, switch things spark, up. Spark Computers. It up. And, it up. Yeah, yeah. Right. And um, and then eventually, you know, when I was 18, we, we parted ways. Uh, well, it was my decision to, to move on. And uh, so I was throwing, at the time, I was throwing parties in Atlanta. The Latin scene wasn't, um, I was always into the Latin scene. It was just kind of like the niche. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't know, I probably did 10, 15 parties. And I would always try to be different with what I did in the parties, whether it was a flyer, whether it was hiring a better light and sound, whether it was, yeah. I remember stepping repeats back then weren't even, you'd only see them in like New York and LA. Nobody had them, right? So it's like, okay, let's do a little stuff and repeat. Like little things like that. Obviously social media wasn't around. Um, but I always put more money into them than I made because, like, let's say, I don't know, let's say a party, by the time I rented stuff, whatever, it was a couple thousand dollars, and maybe I had 200 people show up, which was decent, but the money wasn't there. Right. So, um, funny, I think it was your night recently, or obviously pre-COVID, DJ Laz showed up. Yeah. I took DJ Laz, that was one of the last parties I did in, in, uh, in Atlanta. Um, forgot the year, and it was Zog and Laz. Oh wow! And he remembered. He remembered that night. He, I mean, uh, I met him. I re-met him that night that you were uh, on Thursday, and um, I got tired of losing money. I, I felt Atlanta wasn't ready for it, like you know. And then the typical Miami story: you come down here, weather, women, beach, Everything. you know, you know, night, the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah. Thirty um, men, like it's not. It's and uh, I've actually, I've never shared this publicly. I, uh, I moved to Miami with $300. Oh, that's what, I, that's what wow. I moved to Miami with my clothes and my car and $300. And uh, I mean, should I keep going? It's, I mean, it's a pretty long yeah, story. Did you, okay. yeah. did you know anyone or Miami? I had one. I, had, I knew the guy I was going to roommate with. Wow. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, we're here to listen. Like, okay. The, the camera's charged today. So <laughs> it's pretty long, so I don't know. I don't no, want to bore I, you guys. Whatever. What, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued. Yeah, like, I'm personally intrigued because I've, I've known you for years and I work with you for years and like, I know that you come from Atlanta. I know that you've been involved in like different businesses and you know, you, you are pretty private about your stuff. And when you started posting more on your personal page and you know, like we have been talking about getting you as a guest forever. Um, and then seeing more of that make me, made me want to be, you know, more interested. On, I just think nobody's sharing this. that. Nobody know. And just five minutes ago, before we came in, I was telling you about the struggles. Nobody knows no. how difficult it is. 
especially it, it, and especially in Miami, enough people don't share those that knowledge and that game with each other. Like everyone has that like famine mentality. Like, I, th- uh, I think I'm in I'm in a comfortable place in my career where where you know what I mean. I'm not I'm comfortable what I've accomplished and, and I can share it. As yeah. maybe when you're starting, you don't want to your secrets. Right. Or, I'm I'm or, cool. I'm or cool. come off as like you bigger than what you are, but you're still in it. Right. Right. Well, I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, not, I'm saying like, you don't want other people to think that of you, like, you wouldn't do it in that way, but I'm saying like, like, I don't know. Like, you know what? I, I, the hesitation initial was, okay, what does this guy know? Type of thing. Like, yeah. Okay. You, so you have one bar or two or three but or you four have a track record though, but, um, speaks for but itself. it's just mainly sharing, you know, my whole thing was maybe somebody can benefit from it. And I've got a lot of love on, you know, DMS and people mm-hmm. like, thank you. Uh, and from different cities too. Like uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I would imagine it was a local reach. But, you know, different people from different cities, um, I said, okay, cool. That's, you know, like, how did you, you know. Um, so I moved to Miami, $300. Um, didn't want to do any more parties. And um, I got a job as a waiter. Sunset Place. Place is no longer there called Coco Paso. Uh, i never been a waiter before. I had never worked for anybody before. Um, it was always family, you know. Right. And um, wait, I said I was 18. I think I was about 20. I think it was around 21 when I moved down. And um, little spot on US one, my friend of mine, a friend of mine wanted to do a little business and uh, we looked into it, numbers didn't work out. And um, it's funny because it, he's a really, really big architect that I didn't know that at the time. And we, like, it was a rinky dink little spot. So imagine calling up, you know, some big shot to come. I remember he didn't, he parked the car and even, he didn't even turn off his car. He just got out and, and he does nightclubs that didn't say he's in business. And so it was kind of funny, you know, very, very, uh, what is it, green around the ears. And um, so it didn't happen there. Uh, fast forward, I ended up getting a job. I don't know if you guys remember Mesanote in, in, uh, in Coconut Grove. It was like a restaurant, Italian restaurant. And I want to say it's the same owners as Carpaccio, uh, that whole group, Bar mm-hmm. Harbor. And they have something in Merritt called, uh, anyhow, worked there. And in Coconut Grove, there was an old Mexican restaurant called La Gloria. And uh, it came up for lease. Uh, year was 2001. And uh, buddy of mine, my best friend, he goes, hey, you know, let's do some. I'll put up the money. I put up the know-how and the knowledge. I was like, cool, let's do it. And uh, we quickly, we were going to take a couple of months. We ended up taking eight months to get the same thing, permits and the whole, the right. whole shebang. And we made it. It was all rustic and it had like the orange tile and like the walls had texture. It was like an authentic hacienda. And we turned it into like a sleek, white, modern, uh, at the time, Pearl was open. Pearl above, yeah. above uh, Nikki Beach. Nikki and Beach, it, right. and it, we had a resemblance. That was kind of the trend. And we made it expensive, exclusive. We had an executive chef. He was really talented. And uh, we had everything expensive. That, that's what I thought. It, you know, that's what I... Uh, it took us eight months to open. We were in business for two months. Uh, just by the time we even opened, we were out of gas. We, uh, I ended up having to put money in loans and this and that this was the time where you would get in the mail a check saying hey sign the back of this check and deposit and you 15k 20k and it's yours you know that doesn't exist anymore but back then we built it my friend's money was all on credit cards probably like two hundred thousand dollars on credit cards you know again back then it was way easier um so here's where it gets here's where to tie into today's to like wood tavern and whatnot went out of business um i realized that food was very hard Food, yeah. like the, the cost you have to have, you know, uh, you know, recipes have to be on point and yeah. consistency and blah, blah, blah. So we had a partnership. Um, the, the, by the end of the year, the 31st of that year, I was like, look, this doesn't even make any sense. I'm out. Like, doesn't, this is not going to make any sense. He ended up having a, his own party on the 31st. And that was that. And a couple, week or two later, um, I reached out to my mom. Um, and I was like, mom, I, I kind of want to see if I can do this on my own. She, um, she agreed to put up some also credit card money and whatnot. I mean, my mom's not wealthy, so she's a, she's a, you know, just a small entrepreneur. And I worked it out with the landlord. I told my, my friend, I said, Hey, I I'm able to reopen this, but I'm going to do it on my own. You know, this, this is going to be just, my mom's going to hook me up and we're going to, you know, so I painted it all black and I called it home night spot. And now again, nobody knows about it. (laughs) It took me, I mean, it was open for like six months. But what I learned there was the bar is where it's at. I was able to, to hold on with a shoestring, and I mean shoestring budget. Like, I think I paid the rent. 
went to Home Depot, bought the paint, bought some, you know, some mixed match furniture here and there. And uh, so it stuck with me, the bar, the bar, the bar, the bar, forget food, the bar. So uh, that was 2001, 2002. Um, again, after six months, it, it didn't happen. And it took me almost 10, day, 10 years to open up with Tavern with the knowledge of what not to do right. by having that, that expensive restaurant and trying to be exclusive and trendy. Um, what was the opposite? What was even the name was like, okay, what names are out there that, that are sustainable for that? You know, there's, it's not a trendy thing. And so Tavern, the name Tavern, a lot of the places that I heard about in different cities have been there for 20, 30 years. So yeah. that's where Tavern came from. And then Wood, of course, Win Wood. So, um, but pause there for a minute. Apart from learning the what not to do, um, I lived in Madrid uh, in one for one year in 2010, 2009, 2009 2010. There's a certain neighborhood of Madrid that was just like the 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 cool spot, you know, the the, the tats, the graffiti, the skaters, and that's kind of what resonated with me. And so, wood was was uh, was inspired by that neighborhood in in Madrid called uh, Malasaña. So, uh, and at the time, Miami was um, was all about the bottles, all about the tables, right. all about being exclusive, the guest list, the dress mm -hmm. up. There was nobody catering to the regular. Like, yo, I just want to pop right. in and get a drink. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to dress up. I'm not trying to get on the list. So that's where the concept came in. And it was beer. It was, uh, I mean, it was full liquor, but beer was on the come up, the craft beer movement. Um, but it was just like, come, come hang out, you know, don't worry about, you know, and that's where that comes from. Did you know that Wynwood would be such like a, a hot spot that it is today? Hell no. Or Nobody knew. Just... Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Um, I, I liked the area because of the graffiti and the art. Um, you know, it was still very raw. Um, I actually did have an office uh, before when I was living in Madrid. I was doing graphic design and printing. I had, I had my, my office in Miami in Wynwood um, on 23rd Street right next to La Sanguichere, that building. Uh, nobody knew. If I would have known I would have bought real estate, but nobody knew. Uh, it was still kind of grungy. It was still on the come up. And uh, plan B, if the barn didn't work out, was to was to have my office for printing and graphic design in the space. You know, rent was like twenty four hundred bucks. You know, that same rent now is ten times, probably not even ten times, probably like fifteen times that. So, so yeah, what what uh? Do not so. Uh, I'm gonna say the first time that I went to Wood, like. It was. I remember because it was. It was. It was. It was very weird, like in a good way. Okay. Like, like you said, you know, we were doing stuff on South Beach, and I had heard of the spot, and I was playing at. I would do little things at Cafeina. Okay. Um, just events and 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 nights and whatever, and then somebody was like, "Yo, meet me down the street," and I was like, "Bro, like I can't just walk over there." Like, <laughs> like, mind you, it's like 2009, like it's 2010, 11, like like it's. It's early, uh, I'm trying to think exactly the year. I think it was 2011, 12. And I was like, like I had heard of it and I had never been. And I was just kind of like very intrigued. And when I walked in, I was like, yo, this place is awesome. Like, mind you, the back was an eighth of what it is now. <laughs> um, the inside was different and everything. And and from the first time I walked in, I was like, I want a DJ here. Like in my head, I was like, well, oh, if it was DJ. that early, we didn't even have DJs back I, then. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like, there was like new wave music and like, it was like Indie. 80s and that was that stuff. Was, that like, was, yeah. I was like, yo, I want to DJ. Because I had just come <laughs> from Texas and I was playing all that stuff over there. So I was like, yo, like this venue's playing cut copy. Like, wow, like this is dope. And and it was cheap. I remember going to the bar like and getting a drink. And I was like, wow. <laughs> coming like, from South Beach. Coming from South Beach. Because like, we were heavy on, heavy on South Beach. And like even people would even, and this is another thing. People would even, like when I tell them I played at Cafeina, like, they're like, what is that? Where is that? Like people were so, because they were so like, like with blinders right. on and and i'll throw this in there like when, when i started on thursdays and i would have nights and everything and like for the first year maybe even two years i would tell djs like yo like younger guys i wanted to like connect and whatever i'd be like yo man just come come on a thursday hang out because on the weekends you know we were on the beach and we couldn't have that environment to like have people over you know like if they was to come and see me on a Friday, and I'm DJing, and I have to deal with the manager. I have to deal with this, and they might not that. come in. We had to worry about in. like even if we were working, so they I might would, not have the, our guests in. I would tell right, my, right. I would tell all my friends, and that's when I would play in the front. So like, 
it, it got to the point where everybody in the front was just all my friends. Like people would walk in and be like, "Damn!" But you were inside at the beginning. Yeah, that's what oh I'm wow, wow, wow! So yeah, when yeah. I was playing inside, like at first, some of those DJs that were like, "Nah, man, I want to go see you at Mokai. I want to see you at Mansion." Like they'd be like, "Nah, nah." Like Thursday, no, I'm, I'm busy. And then like two years later, like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" Like, "Yeah, nah, cool, bye." <laughs> but at first, it was like Paul and like everybody. We all everybody would just come up and we all be in the inside. We're there like every Thursday, every because it was like that. Good yeah, because it was like the hangout Even spot. Yeah, <laughs> we just yeah, go six dollar right, special. We did uh Saturday the first it was Sunday with the DJ outside, yeah. and then Saturday, then Friday, then Thursday, and then Thursday was later on. But but yeah, so when when I first went, I was like, yo, this is amazing because you know I've 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 lived in other cities, I've been in different environments, and like to me it was just it kind of like reminded me of just not not being in Miami. You know the whole like Williamsburg vibe, the right, whole right. like you know like something younger and new and fresh and like. I was always looking for new places to go. Um, I remember there was a few things like in Midtown. That's when like Gigi's was open too. Like yeah. so there was little things. Bardot was open, but but like what was just different. Like it was it was just it was like eye opening for a lot of people. I think and changed. I think it changed the game in Miami. Period. Like thank you. And that was the that was the first. That was the first time, and spot. I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't. Um, I mean, I didn't play there for at least like a year, a year and a half after. So, and it's crazy because I, I remember because I moved to Vegas for like two, two and a half, three years. Because I was still chasing that nightclub thing, but every time I would come visit, I would come see Kaz, and and every often more and more, I was like, "Yo, there's something happening here. That's like, this is the vibe that we were missing. Like this, like homie, come hang out, good music, good time. So like." slowly like every time i would visit i'd be like damn i want to play here i want to play these spots in winwood like not this nightclub fucking bougie shit yeah. anymore right so it was crazy it was dope to see that growth like throughout those years of like going from a little holes in the uh mm -hmm. hole in the wall spots to like growing and growing and growing to what winwood is now is like crazy yeah i have friends that like come that you know they come to Miami once a year or twice a year or whatever, and then they're like every time they walk in the wood, they're like something's different in a positive way. Like damn, this is oh now there's this over here or or you know like when when they took the trucks out or like all that stuff. And I I think that's what's kept it fresh and always kept it like like that's because that was that was like an ongoing joke with customers like regulars that would come you know on a thursday and then they wouldn't come back until the next let's say sunday mm -hmm. and something was radically different yeah. like at the beginning it was and it was out of necessity it was out of like okay we did this last week but then we noticed that there was a bottleneck here or whatever we're gonna add more tables or we're gonna add the, the food truck or we're gonna yeah. like it just out of necessity just kept adding and tweaking and 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 uh but it became a joke we're like if you didn't go for two three weeks yeah. you'd come back you're like whoa this is totally different now so um yeah, I mean, there's not so much room now to change so right, much because right, you're kind right. of you've maxed out and but you still work with what you have, you know. You can still rearrange yeah. a little bit here and there. So once, um, once wood was open, the first two years, if you want to kind of break down from or like, you know, your your take from two years to, I would say about to like 2018, 19, which I would think is like when when wood really really blew up, like right, right. Some of the changes that have gone on the bar or like um you know we, uh your other venture like you know with la rosas even berserk and stuff like that mm -hmm. like you want to kind of break that down for us and and, and let us know I mean, the, the 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 biggest difference was the, the foot traffic you know now well pre-covid you know you have buses of tourists you have daytime traffic on a monday right at two o'clock so that's that's been the, the biggest difference um and then you also have way more venues, so then there's more options. And then you know, of course, then you have people coming that night to see those other go to those other venues. So the the dynamic as a whole, it, it's no longer that underground feeling. I mean, that's I think we can all agree to that. Yeah. You know? Um. So foot traffic, the foot traffic during the day, more venues at night, so then there's more nightlife. Um, I've always wanted to do a nightclub, and that's where that's where Berserk came in. You know, Wood Wood was never intended to be a night nightclub. You know. Yeah. So I wanted that dark, big room, big sound. Um, so I want to say two years. So what opened up in late 11 and uh, in 13, I think it was, the opportunity to do um, the old Soho Lounge space came up. 
And that was supposed to be a real quick, um, there's a long story there too. It was supposed to be a real quick, uh, in my mind, it was gonna be like a two month remodel, put in a big sound system, call it a day, like uh, right. conserve the space, what it was, tweak it, but nothing, you know, nothing structural, nothing, whatever. And that ended up taking like eight months. And uh, some, there was some complications with the liquor license. Um, I mean, I basically felt felt the the landlord lied to me. Um, I went against the advice of uh, the liquor attorney, being naive, saying, "No, no, this guy. He told me he's got a liquor license here, and blah blah blah." And ended up not being the case. And then last minute, we ended up having to to comply with the liquor license. We had to have food. Right. That's where Benchwarmers comes comes in. Right, I remember where we had to throw literally throw together not literally, but we had to throw together a concept to comply. So I said sports bar, whatever. I never even finished. I remember the bar top for Berserk. And to this day, I remember the bar top for Berserk was never even finished. But the, the focus was on Berserk, right? That's, that's, yeah. the, that's what I wanted to do. That's where the big money was. And um, when it came time, you know, Berserk was open three months, two, two three months. Um, I mean, one thing in business I have learned to, like when something's not working, you know, when to pull the plug. Um, some people are hard-headed and you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, then you drive yourself to the ground because, yeah. you know, you, numbers are numbers, you know. Um, so it came down to, and I wanted to actually keep Benchwarmers. Um, the, the the turnout for for Berserk was was decent. Like, yeah. You know, you'd have three, four hundred people on a, on a given Friday or Saturday. Um, so that was never the problem with the problem. Uh, rent, rent was really high at Berserk. Um, it, it, I went away from the original game plan and the original numbers of having one room and this was the overhead boom and then it ended up growing and growing and growing especially by it in the the kitchen and whatnot so it got really expensive and then the, the for what the crowd that was coming in for what they were spending wasn't enough to cover i mean it's just yeah. you know basic economics but bench warmers was doing decent like it was at least breaking even and i figured okay if i throw in some love bench and finish the bar top and tweak the menu and actually you know i was going to add an outdoor seating but the landlords didn't want they wanted me to keep the whole thing or not to keep anything at all so uh after like i tried and tried i showed i showed them the numbers hey here's where we're at place is not doing it you know so no you take it all or that's it so i got a u-haul truck and uh you know took everything out and they showed up the day of and like, oh you should have told us you know we would have given you just a kitchen I'm like i asked you yeah exactly yeah so that was uh that was a short-lived berserk but um ankles are tricky man i mean even b-side yeah at the nightclubs are tricky. You have a sh it's a different business model than a bar. A bar is open five, six, seven days a week. Open at five. You have happy hour and people are there at six, seven, eight, nine. The club is Friday, Saturday, midnight that to three. That's it. So you have all they have this short window to make all this money to cover up your 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 weekly or your monthly expenses. So um Yeah, you gotta do you have to be doing something. I mean, th that window has to be hitting, and 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 for that, and and that's why bottle service, bottle service. Yeah, you know it's the only way. It's really the only way, unless you have unless you have really cheap overhead. But these but days, it does, yeah, exactly. These it days, it doesn't. Everybody, everybody thinks they're the next Winwood or or whatever, and so they're they're charging an arm and a leg. So, um, do you see that? Um, let me ask you this. This is something that I've noticed. I've noticed that there is a trend in more neighborhoodish style kind of nightlife scenes or whatever like you know you have like doral and in and, and the gables like that's popping off like that like so you think a lot of people are are trying to forecast like like you said like the next winwood and like they think that that's going to be the next move or are people just trying to do more regional like make it there i think people for i mean you know obviously covid paralyzed everything so everything stopped but right before COVID, you you have you even notice like on real estate marketing and flyers and and whatnot that people are. I mean, I, I understand it's marketing. The realtors are trying to sell the properties, right? But everybody's marketing something as the new Winwood, West Winwood, North yeah. Winwood, and and me personally, I've always again. Let's talk about Alapata. I, I, as far I'll answer your question. I think Alapata is right. where it's at because it looks like Winwood. It's it's raw. It's got the warehouse. It's kind of flat, and you don't have residential. Boom, right there. Like little Haiti, you have a, a storefront, but behind it is a house. A house. Mm -hmm. So Alapata, you know, certain certain cuts of Alapata don't have that. Um, but I, when when uh, La Rosas came about, so let's talk about La Rosas. La Rosas, um, let's be honest, the crowd that went to Wynwood in 2011, 2012, 2013, they're not there anymore, yeah. right? It, it became too commercial, it became this, whatever. 
Um, so I was like, okay, where's that crowd? Exactly. So Rosas was created to cater to the old wood crowd. And I'm happy to say that where, where things are now, it's, 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 I accomplished that. It took, it took a minute to get there. Um, I mean, it was the first thing in Alapada, but, uh, but no. I think it's funny because we say that. They say that all the time. Like when people are like, oh, I've never been there. I'm like, remember when you first went to Wood? Yeah. I'm like, all right. I never heard it, it like that, but now that makes sense. That's what I always tell so people are like, oh, it is. I'm like, look, it's like how Wood used to. You're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, you can go to the back, you can get in the front, chill. The music's chill. Everybody's on their own shit. Like, it's it's a cool vibe. Like, and to me, it's always like, I don't know how many nights we've ended up there until like 5 a.m. You know? <laughs> like, and, 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 I really, we don't really do that anywhere else. Like, you know, we'll go we'll, Thursday, whoever's left, you know, we'll, <laughs> take take Whoever everybody over, um, and yeah, be there till like five a.m. You know, the staff and everything, and it's it's always comforting environments. Like, there's never that's the one thing about what about La Rosa is about D and D. It's always like comforting, and I feel like the the staff is always welcoming in their own way, and like that they feel like I get hit up. Anytime, anytime that there is um, like an open house or you guys are doing hiring, my phone blows up <laughs> and I'm like, hey, look, like, like, I don't know, like I can only do so much, you know, because people know it's like, like such a covenant position, you know, for bartenders or, or, or anybody in, 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 in the staff because they know that like, yo, like, but bartenders or what aren't going anywhere, you know, right, like, right. It's 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 like been it's been set, you know, it's been mm -hmm. that's been created. But going back to the subject of Alapada, so from early on, as opposed to, I mean, I embraced Alapada, and I, and now, me personally, it wasn't the new Winwood; it's Alapada. Alapada. Why, why, why piggyback on something like create your own? Like I, I take pride in creating new, new things. Yeah. And I, and I, and that's my own challenge, and on how to, how can I be different? How can I create something different? And I, um, you know, you you look at. The feeling and the components may be similar, but aesthetically, musically, you, you're talking about two different worlds. If you walk into B&D, if you walk into the Mojito Bar, if you walk into Rosas, but yet they feel comfortable. You know, that's, that's, that's for sure the, the, the one common element. But, Were uh, you hesitant to open Las Rosas after, you know, Berserk and all that difficulty you had? Um, I wasn't hesitant. Um, I was more careful. And the, the, it was the right, like learning from a high rent, learning from, you know, of course you learn from your mistakes, you know? So I learned from that and, and, and I, I think I set it up in a right way where I thought I couldn't fail, but believe it or not, that first, uh, those first 10, nine months were brutal. Like the spot was set up and I mean, we would have, and here's the, here's the interesting story. Like you would walk in on a random Saturday, right? The first eight months, nine months, and there would probably be 12 people there. But it wouldn't feel awkward. It was. It was. It felt right. Like you had a couple over here. You had two, yeah. two, three dudes over here, and it just still. But then at the end of the night, sales were nothing. You know. Right. So, so the first eight months there was there was a lot of losses there, and and um, that's where B side comes along. Where I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, okay, the place is set up. People that come enjoy it. Okay, but the number the numbers aren't there. You know, what can we do? What can we do? And my last hurrah was like, okay, let's do hip hop. I just figured. That has always been the no-brainer. It will work. So, okay, so how do I put my spin on it? So B-side, I came up with the idea of B-side, underground, 90s, 2000s, simple black room, decent sound system, and, and uh, you know, that raw feel. Um, and then even that didn't work. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was lukewarm. And then um, there was a new manager that came on board around that time. Uh, he had worked at Churchill's, uh, Nick. Nikki and uh he he turned he turned Rosas around yeah. to what it is today so I mean that that I do owe to him and then it came where so B side so now Rosas went from this big thing to half of it because the other side was B side back to, to being all of it, being, right? being this one thing so yeah but uh you you roll with it you 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 analyze it and you you navigate and you change what you think uh, you think is right. And you don't always get it right, obviously. Let's try this. It's going to work. And then you do it and it doesn't. But I then, mean, there's never a time where you open the business where it was just smooth sailing first eight months. It never happens. Like well, that. no, but no. Wood was wood was great off the rip, like in terms of uh, it, was the first. It, was, it was our Basel. Right. It was timing. It was it was the location. It was the neighborhood. It was craft beer. I mean, so 
well, yeah, would never, never let go of the accelerator from from day one. It was like a good four or five years of just growth, 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 which is why the this venue grew. Why, yeah. you know, different, you know, different. The, then I took over the space of the uh, of and put B and D. So, but you know, it plateaued. You know, the 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 I think the the height was probably sixteen, seventeen, two thousand seventeen. Yeah. In terms of in terms of sales, in terms of uh, uh, you know, yeah, that's what I said. Like I was trying to like say the dates because I mean it was it was a boom, and then I think, I mean, from my perspective, you know, everybody started kind of pop mimicking something, one thing or another from Wood or one thing. I know I don't know this too too touchy or whatever, but like yo, like. The bleachers. <laughs> Here we go. This might be the only spicy, <laughs> spicy thing of this episode, but like, like people know if you've been for everybody listening, if you've been to Miami and you've been to Wood, you know the bleachers at Wood. That's like monumental. And then out of nowhere, like sushi spot had bleachers. <laughs> like you feel me? Like it's crazy because like back the then spot. you were like, "Yo, bleachers? That's so crazy!" But like now it makes sense, and then everyone try to copy it because it was like, like I, this came up recently so i was uh i don't know what page it was on instagram I'm flipping through it and i see bleachers and i'm like bleachers really and my comment was i didn't invent bleachers but yeah <laughs> right no nah, no nah, it was it's such a it, and it's such a smart thing like i never thought about it until like until i was djing outside in the little house i was like yo like that's so clutch well you know where the, where the what the I don't think I've ever told the story where the the bleachers I guess the inspiration came from it's um and I'm not even from New York or anything like that but it's like being on the stoop yeah outside mm, right and you're just chilling like that's on the stoop right you, know, you have your boy behind you you're in front yeah, it's it just forces like this interaction and like hangouts and uh, environment yeah it's yeah. like uh I, I saw an episode of like Bar Rescue where he would like you would make these purposeful things that like made you bump into someone yeah, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. interact with someone yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like the bleachers like subconsciously you know you don't even notice but you're like chilling with like people all around right. and you don't know this person but you know the person behind and you even know? now because i mean i've i've gone you know new new regulations and everything and it's like like the bleachers is perfect it's like if you're with your group of of six people you have your little bleacher area. Right, right. right it right. works yeah, at the table. It works know? when when it's busy and when it's not busy. Yeah, it, it's like it, it has like a double functionality. It's a feeling. It really yeah. is. Now I'm, you know, the thing is to create the next bleachers. You know what I mean? Like right. to create what's what's. I love architecture, so it's like, what can you do? Um, you mentioned, you know, venues, and let's be real. The, around that time, twelve, thirteen, you would see picket tables, string lights, you know, beer garden, you yeah. know. Um, and again, obviously, I didn't create any of those things, um, but it's like my perspective is there's so many things you can do, no. so many lighting fixtures, so many kinds of tables, so many kinds of whatever. Why do the same thing? You know, as an artist, as a as a creator, create something fresh, something new. You know, yeah. make your venue stand out by having this. You know, so which is. Um, Pizza and beer. Pizza and beer. Uh, I've been working on it for two years now, and um, hopefully we're a couple of weeks away from opening. But uh, the openness—I uh, don't know if you've seen it I've or seen, yeah, yeah. Um, it, the. It's on Twenty Third Street in North North Weatherford Court. The first thing, and this is obviously pre-COVID, was to to have the front all open, so you're inside but looking outside. So it's yeah. an inside-outside vibe, and then the you know the the outside seating area so looking at the trend looking at where everything came from you have 2011 12 13 beer gardens chilling people started adding djs so everybody has a dj yeah everybody who has a outdoor area has a dance floor has you know has has a party but i look at that and i'm going back to beer garden because nobody has a beer garden anymore so there's tons of seating outside and and huge 24 foot tables to go back to that so yeah. it's kind of kind of full circle oh uh, but so being different by doing what we already did before you know yeah. what i mean so that's, no, that's dope that's dope yeah i mean i've seen i've seen the space i walk by it and everything and i know that the the front is super open and then you also have the back area which is also pretty i mean it's crazy because seeing it now with covid you think about shit like that you're like oh it's super wide open so mm -hmm. like it's it's definitely gonna work moving forward and moving in that position so 
So fast forward 2020, you got all these spots, all these venues, mm -hmm. and then uh, something happens in March. I forgot what, what was it. COVID <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pandemic. What is, what is that thing? Yeah, I heard about it. Uh, how did that affect your plans, your businesses, your your everything, your staff, your because uh, we've we've been talking about it like the last months with DJing and nightlife, but we wanted someone that's like behind the scenes in, but. yeah in the trenches like with all these different ventures like having to navigate through all this i, I will say this the one thing that uh made it i don't want to say the word i don't want to use the word easier but that's the word that comes to mind is that it affected everybody yeah so if it was an isolated case like zika and you know that only affected let's say you know certain parts of miami or whatnot it's a little different versus global yeah so people have been a more understanding um let me tell you i mean there's been, there's been a lot of rough patches but you know everybody's got to understand everybody's got to work together everybody's got to like you know if, if we were closed you know we were closed for six and a half months then we reopened and then for for a couple of weeks i think the curfew was uh, 10 or 11 and then it was nonsense you can't it wasn't even thank god that you know the curfew got lifted because well technically it's not lifted yet even though miami's not enforcing it but count the miami date is but the, the miami date has a curfew but that's not being right. enforced um it doesn't make any financial sense to open like you yeah. literally it, you you're literally lose by opening until 10 11 having a staff your whatever sales you have until 10 30 you know but now you know um i, I don't even want to say decent because they're not they're 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 a fraction of before but at least you're there's some movement, you're, you're, there's some movement yeah um i decided um those first couple months of the, of the pandemic was you know i was like holy shit, what's you know what's going on you know um but around i think around april i was working on pizza and beer and then there's a next to la rosas or a block from la rosa there's um a columbian concept that ties ties to my childhood um and i came very close to letting that one go just because it was the the riskiest one it was you know it's an alapata um and i you know i was i was able to come up with a game plan on how to make everything work so here here's my take um i could have sat at home and kind of just waited right and so what's gonna happen let and maybe let these maybe even let pizza and beer go you know like no okay well um but i decided to keep going and, and to use this time to, to move forward and to try to open them you know uh and it's it's been a struggle not even because of covid it's just been a struggle because of the the permitting process and the inspections and all that's a it's a mission regardless of covid or not but uh, so I decided just full, full fledge ahead, full force ahead, just to try to get these new businesses open. My, my, my way of thinking was, I honestly thought at a certain point, not at the beginning of COVID, but once you're, when it was like April, May, or yeah. shit, June, a lot of people thought end of the year, yeah, maybe even January, you know? So I was thinking, okay, these new places are restaurants, so I can actually have them open and generating before bars even open so that was kind of like the, the strategy of it um and interesting i kind of shot myself in the foot pizza and beer had i done nobody knew had i so pizza and beer is a, has a restaurant license if it didn't i think i could have opened it up it could have been open already right but because oh. i went the restaurant route oh wow but i didn't at the time yeah of course you i couldn't, thought restaurant you couldn't was have... you know but um you know here we are trying to, still trying to open um yeah i mean you you couldn't I, it's it's always about the recovery especially now you know and, and the bounce back or, or the not even a bounce back but like getting back on track you yeah, know yeah um and then the other the other you know there's just a lot of emotions a lot of uh you know it's it's a large staff and a lot of you know obviously they're uncertain about their future and there's just a lot of that just a lot of trying to figure it out and th nobody had answers when are we going to open? I don't know. What's, yeah. you know. what's going on with money? I don't know. What's going on with this? You know, uh, uh, unemployment benefits and whatnot. They're going to extend it or they're going to not. So it was just that. It was that, that the unknown was probably like the worst thing. Like yeah. not knowing anything. Being in limbo. Like not being, being able limbo. to make moves, go forward, go backwards. And a lot of your staff is like friends and family at this point. Yeah. I can yeah, imagine. So yeah. it's tough to kind of. And everybody's going through their struggle. I get it, you know. So people are, you know, people are struggling to pay their 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 light bill or their cell phone bill. I get that, you know. And, and at the same time, um, my hands are tied. Yeah. You know, I'm not sitting. I mean, I'm self funded. I'm um everything's through through either loans or through through profits of the other businesses. You know, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of risk or a lot of leverage 
on my side. Like, okay, yeah. I'm doing this, but I'm taking money from this. I'm doing this. I'm, you know, it's not like, okay, I got millions of dollars in the bank and I'm going to go. Right, 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 right. No, it's not. That's not the case, you know, and, and, you know, that's kind of also the, the behind the behind the scenes of the, of the, um, of the IG just to kind of show the nobody process, knows, yeah. you know, you go to a place and you see it built and you don't, you don't, you don't know that, that you go through hell for a walking cooler, for a handrail, through a sidewalk, through, I mean, I've been doing it for a while and I still get, yeah, like, holy yeah shit. some of the <laughs> things I see you post, it's are insane because you'll post, all right, this contractor is going to come and work on this ramp. And then they work on the ramp, but they forgot to do one thing. And then so that person has to come back and this and this. And it's just like that one ramp is one of 500 things yeah. in, in, in the venue that like you're worried about. And I'm right. like, damn. And then after the, you post that and then you post this and then <laughs> this guy painted this, but he didn't paint this part. And now he has to come back. And it's all that. And then plus the permits, the shit from the city and everything else that you're dealing with. It's like I had uh, this morning, uh, the walking cooler wasn't, uh, this, it's a brand new walking cooler, pizza and beer wasn't cooling right. It's empty, but it wasn't, you know, I, I called the guy up and the guy comes, he, he's explaining to me, nice dude. He's explaining to me how the temperature works and this and that. And I'm there listening and I'm, he's like, oh, touch this pipe. You know, I'm touching the pipe. And, but I'm thinking like, man, I have so much shit going on right now in my head. The last thing I'm really interested in is yeah. a walking cooler right. and the temperature gauge, you right. know? But hey, I went along. Thank you for explaining to me, you know, that. But then I walk away thinking, and I'm always, that my mind is always uneasy. I mean, un unrest, like it's always, you know, just a million things. And, and again, walking cooler, ramps, uh, the, the amps for the sound. Even though there's not even a crazy, there's like a normal sound system in, in pizza and beer, they're overheating. Uh, so the room doesn't have AC. So oh. now figuring out how to get AC to the room and... It's just it's it's, it's endless. It's endless. Fires yeah, I wish I could record day. more. I wish I wish I could really show more because there's yeah, so it, much more there. It's to so show. Under, it's entertaining, but it's also like like I feel like I'm watching like uncut gems and like a sense <laughs> of like it's just like so much going on, and I'm like, damn, like, and, I, and that's why not, well, I I'm I'm pretty sure I've asked you many times like when do you sleep and when like when do you go on not even off button like when do you go on sleep mode because. Like, some of, some of my best ideas are like two three in the morning. I wake up and it's a it's so ironically the industry that I'm in and I'm I'm not a night person. Yeah. Ten eleven o'clock. I got kids and and uh, ten thirty. I'm out. Yeah. You know. I wake up at four. No problem. You know. But um, uh, and some ideas like wait wait a second. You know. And it's like boom. And then one idea leads to another right. or a combined. You know. Down. I thought like honestly, I thought maybe like a year ago or maybe six months ago. Okay. You know, with the venues that I have now. I definitely want to get into real estate. That's that's another. Oof, that's another. I'm I'm tired of paying rent, you know, and, and building up somebody yeah. else's uh, property. So real estate is definitely the next move. But I, I still have some ideas that I want to, you know, Execute. like I said, the, the next bleacher idea, whatever. Like I want to, <laughs> you know, even um, I was watching uh, during the pan, you know, during stay at home or whatever. I was watching some stuff on YouTube, like some cool DJs. Uh, Boiler Room, I think it yeah. was. So I'm like, man, these are some you know, dope venue of dope DJs right. and they're in LA, they're in, I don't know, Copenhagen, Sao Paulo. I'm like, this setup isn't really like nothing, nothing stands out of yeah. these world-class DJs and these world-class venues, but it's like, I got out the iPad, started drawing some and I, and I have a little idea. Again, that's, this is two years on the road, but yeah. a venue on how to lay it out where it works, like yeah. where, where it can become, I don't want to say iconic, but you know, that, I think that's, that's what, that's what keeps me going um is to is that next idea that next tweak that next you know that that next nightlife experience you know it's there why not do it you know that's right. that's kind of the challenge for for me yeah i mean, I mean you, like just you're miami so it's always i think the next best thing is always what people are looking for or like the next concept or the next idea or something different you know it's always it's always great i mean that's what it, what is like a venue of its own and and like you know i've i've booked djs from all over the world and everybody if they're either playing or have come into wood they leave saying something good about wood and that's always my thing is like i take care of them as much as i can you know i i you know thank you for always giving me like the because i bet you up hey you know i want to do this and it's always like the kickback is more of you know their experience and then Having Jay Spinoza go back to the West Coast and tell everybody, yo, this right, is the right. spot. You want to come in Miami, talk to Cass, like, what tavern is it? And, and it's grown so organically. And, like, you know, during Basel, you know, like you said, Laz was there and, like, all the DJ City people that we all work with and whatnot. And everybody's just 
crazy because a lot of those guys, you know, they do Vegas clubs and the big rooms. But when they come to Miami, they're like, yo, like, I think that, that's that, where that, we that is part of the attraction. You, you mentioned Vegas and whatnot. Yeah. I think the, 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 going back to realness, mm -hmm. you can, you can spend multi million dollars on a beautiful place and glass and, you know, leather and this and that. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. But we're, you know, that realness yeah. is not there. You know, when, when you, when you kind of build something on your own, like, you know, or, or it feels raw, like it's, it's that, you know, that's also a challenge too, believe it or not. It's, you know, I've, I've grown in my career so I can, I can, wood was very raw. Like there's a lot of stuff that was either, you know, done by hand, you know, or, or on the cheap, cheap, cheap. So the, 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 the new challenge is, okay, how do you do something that still feels that way when you actually do put a little bit of money into it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like to not make it feel bougie or to not make it feel like, uh, you know, so. You think like this year, 2020 has like kind of reset the market and like, would benefit some of these or not the current spots, but maybe spots that are opening up down the line kind of go back to that realness or like trim the fat of like all the bullshit, like, you know, using these, like just trying to get people in the door rather than, all right, let's do a slow organic build to like have a long lasting venue. Instead my, of my gut, my gut says no, like it, it, yeah. I mean, people have, have had to, you know, put their feet firm on the ground and you know cut the fat but you're still you're talking about a concept and i don't think one has to do with the other like people who don't who didn't get it before covid may right. not get it after covid like one thing doesn't doesn't relate to the other because it's not um, so it, i get i get what you're saying it's not so much like the venue it's like you gotta it's gotta be how you said it's an extension of yourself it's gotta yeah. be the owners like all right like we've been fucking up let's go back to our roots or this or that right it can't just be like, hey, let's try to be like this new realness thing, because that's right. Unreal. I mean, you you'll cut you cut expenses, right? You'll do that for your business because you're like, hey, the the money's not there, or sales aren't what they used to be, for sure, for sure. But as far as being more real or being more whatever, I, I don't see that. I don't see that really changing much because of COVID. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I I kind of see it. I mean, I kind of saw it like that at first, but now, now that things every now that everything's open, it's kind of like all right, not back to normal, same but old, it's same old tricks, from same old tricks, same old yeah, because yeah, I, I I mean that's what I've seen as of now, but at the same time, like everybody that I've seen and I talked to of the venues that that we play at or or we're at, like I think everybody's kind of more appreciative of the staff and the and 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 the friends that we've the family friends of family mm -hmm. everyone that i've gone i've talked to from the bussers to the bartenders to security everybody's just kind of like more welcoming and i mean i think it might and there's a lot of people that i haven't seen out or i haven't dealt with or whatever but the people that are are out are the ones that have invested their time and and and, and life into that, into that i can see that i can see like staff be more like people yeah. are happy to be working you yeah. know what i mean people yeah. are struggling you know those again some people didn't get an employment so they're but they're just happy to be working and, and and grateful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and appreciate like, you know, damn, you know, we we've been if they've been at Wood or Roses or whatever, and like we've been here for X number of years, and and they're one thing that 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 that's consistent also with with the venues uh, that I own is that that staff takes ownership, which is very special because yeah. it's like they they take care of it or they feel you know they feel you know. That they, that they own a piece of it and it's cool that's 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 something that you can't really replicate too easily you know but i yeah. think that has to do with giving them their space to to feel that way which goes back to not being not walking in and and sticking your chest out and as the owner and saying this saying that or you know oh you you want to feel it it's yours awesome yeah. you know tell your friends and and feel comfortable right you know and at the end of the day it's better for you it's better for the business better for me it's but you know that's that's always been my approach very very non non um no nonsense really yeah no it's it's it's, it's it works and when the one thing kind of going back to what we said about when we were on south beach and doing this and doing that like like working for you know the man all the managers all the staff like like you know i'll say like there's no other venue that i walk in and i get my check handed to before i start djing <laughs> like like you tell that to any dj and that that's an extra like that is worth more than than money you feel me like and little things and it's like really, it's really that bad 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, right now, what, 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 what month are we on? November? You know, I'm waiting on checks. It, from, yeah, you would be surprised how much of a difference that like, makes. Because like, it's like an instant hit of like, oh, getting paid for what I just showed up to do. So, you know, you're more inclined to like give it your all. Because yeah. you're like, yo, this venue respects my time and gave me the check ahead of time. So I'm going to respect their venue and like make sure i do my job yeah and like i mean and every yeah everything like you know like from from that to getting your drinks taken care of to to the managers coming in and checking in and if i have a guest if i got somebody coming in like they'll make sure that you know like like when lads has come by like i always tell the manager or somebody if i have you know whoever an artist come by or somebody i always let them know and management is always like and it's about like you said it's about owning it but it's also because like 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 we've dealt with those like bottle service or certain venues, people that are assholes that to them you're just replaceable. Like there's a lot of venues that we work that that we're the monkey on the wheel, like the hamster on the wheel. You know, we're there to make it move, and if you don't want to do it, you jump out because somebody else will do it. You know, right. but with with you know at Wood, it's like you know that you're there, and it's 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 a covenant spot. You know, from the DJs to the bartenders to the busters to security, like everybody wants to work there. Everybody wants to be good, so they hold their position like like with pride and they're about their job you know so it's cool thank you I, I i like getting that perspective seeing you know yeah we i mean we analyze everything like you know we've been djing like for a while and we look at things more more than just going in and setting up and like even even the guests like when i walk in like when they walk in and i walk them in and we'll go to the bar get them a drink water or whatever and then I'll give them the check, and they're just like, "Whoa, <laughs> shit!" Like this, like I'm like, "Yeah, man." It goes a long way. Man. It's that kind of night, you know. Like, but it actually blows my mind that it's not that way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's crazy. And most most spots, it's not, and it's crazy because it's just that's why like people just feel so like welcome when they're like, "Oh wow, you're paying me right now. You're not gonna text me tomorrow about a Venmo and this and that, or like <laughs> ask me for my mailing address, or or here's here's a third and." I'm going to sell you the other half and PayPal right. you the other half. Like, nah, it's straight up. For me, that just comes from business. Like, just yeah. being straight up. Like, boom. Like, you know, it, it, it's a no-brainer to me. You know what I'm saying? It's actually it's actually fascinating that it's not that way. I mean, I, I know you have your stereotypical asshole owners and blah, 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 or your bullshit artists that come Monday and oh. you go Monday, the check's not signed. You got to come another day. And I get that. Yeah. But that's just a lot of people in the issue. But to, be, to have it be that bad, that's pretty, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 just like i always say getting getting a check night of is like an extra like amount of money that i can't even put in <laughs> like the fact that i can go to the bank leave my gig go to the bank and then tomorrow the money's there like yo like it's just odd that like you said that for some reason and especially in nightlife and especially with the djs it's always been like a yeah like we'll take care of you when we can thing when it's like i don't i don't understand i never understood <laughs> that why it's like yeah we're all in it together like we right. want to we're like a team we want the night and the, and the spot to keep growing but why wouldn't you make sure everyone's happy now right right not like oh the dj yeah we'll worry about him after we count the bottles uh yeah. that we sold and like i mean i've always treated the business as a business i mean obviously it's a very fun business and of course i've had my nights that i regret every every blue moon you know what yeah. i mean very seldom but you, it's a business, you know, you get it, staff and, and it's not just strictly a pay thing. It's it's the other thing. It's the drinks. It's the hospitality. It's the seriousness of it and and, and the, the respect side of things. So, again, to me, it's a no brainer. Like it's it's, uh, you know, why wouldn't you do that? You know, why would if we have an ongoing relationship, keep it keep it going? You know, yeah. you, it's not like you're a fly by night. I see you today and that's it. It's like you come every week. Let's let's you know have your stuff. Yeah, ready. And I think I think I mean, that's why a lot of people that we've worked with or that we know have succeeded because you when you deal with like as cheese as it sounds like with a real one or like the real people <laughs> like you're like oh wow you understand this like so you know that i'm doing this for for us you know and that's like that's an approach that i've had like the venues that i've worked at recently like now um you know i've been like yo thank you for having me like so good to see you and however i can help you how i haven't if i was doing something wrong before now that we're back let me know how I can make it easier for you and help your business even more. Because, like, I've made money off of, you know, I made a living off of of playing at some of these venues. And, you know, now that I'm back, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm way considered and grateful. So I'm like, what can we do? Like, what else can right, I do? You right. know, like, let's let's help each other out because, you know, this shit hit everybody. So, of course, absolutely. 
Well, we don't want to take up too much right. more of your time, okay. but I do. I want to. If you have a message for any young entrepreneurs or anyone thinking about opening up a spot or a venture, what would uh, what would those words be? First thing that comes to mind is to start off small. Uh, don't bite off more than you can chew. Learn the business before you jump in. So you know, get in get in it as a bartender, barback, manager. Learn learn the business side of things as well. Um, that's number two. Number three, be wary of the details. It's all in the details. Those be the top three. Start off small. Well, learn the business. Start off small. Don't bite off more you can chew. Focus on the details, because that ultimately makes makes or breaks a place. I think. Um, Sweet. Nice and simple, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. If you want to pitch uh, your, your social, uh, just at Cesar Morales uh, on Instagram. C e s a r m o r a l e s. And then it's what tavern? It's it's a it's a. I'll go in order of the way that they were they're open. Oh, gonna line them up <laughs> at Wood Tavern, at B and D Burger, at La Rosas Miami, at Miami Mojito Company, at Valentina's Pizza. Damn, I think it's at uh, Valentina's Winwood actually. Uh, at Pizza and Beer Miami and at Tyrona Miami. Okay. Damn. Thank for you for. Now, oh, and I left that one out. Uh, at Lola's Outdoor Cafe. Oh, here we go. I was about to say, thank you for <laughs> making the time to stop Man, by, bro. Them, right? Jesus. Right? <laughs> I just got anxiety from you listing all those I handle, companies. I, I mean, we handle like three Instagram accounts. And I'm already like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like, sometimes I try to remember all of them and I'm like, oh, crap. But awesome. yo, Caesar, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me again. Really appreciate, appreciate it, man. It, man. Appreciate the love on my side as well. Yes, yes. The Maya Radio. We out, and we'll we see you guys next week.